0: The yeshiva.net. So, a Yid yesterday asked me an interesting question. He said, Why is it that when we meet another Jew, the term that we use is Shalom Aleichem? Aleichem Lashin Rabbim, in the plural. It should be Shalom Alecha. By Kiddish Lavonne, we also say Shalom Aleichem, Aleichem Shalom. Shalom Alecha, not Shalom Aleichem. In fact, we have an expression in Gemara, Shalom Alecha, Rabbi. We don't say Shalom Aleichem. Aleichem is plural. Peace unto no. you, many people. When you're speaking to a group, you say Shalom Aleich. Speaking to one person, you say Shalom Alecha. It's interesting, Tacket. That in Turin, Shulchan Aruch, the Elashim is Shalom Alecha from a sechta seifrim, and yet the Nusach HaRizal and most is Shalom Aleichem. This is what a Jew asked me yesterday, a Jew from California. Why do we say, Shalom Aleichem, not Shalom Aleichem? So I'll tell you an answer that the Rebbe, the Lubavitcher Rebbe, once shared, that a I bring in, he said, when I yid, when I yid gate, gein mitem malachem. Beautiful answer. When a Jew goes, wherever he goes, malachim go with him, angels go with him. Like it says, by Yaakov Avinu, that Malachim went, right? That actually says that with the Malachim that went with him to Chutzlar, it's the Malachim that went with him to Eretz But Ayid goes with Malachim. So when you sell a Jew, you have to remember who you're talking to. It's not only Shalom Alecha. Shalom Alecha. <laughs> with all the Malachim that are there. So the Rebbe asked Shaila, there was a nusach that Chazal instituted before you go to the Beis you would say, respectfully, I'm going into the Beis like you were speaking to the Malachim. It says, today, it's brought in Halacha, today we don't say it because you don't consider yourself somebody who has Malachim. And yet, by Shalom Aleichem, we do consider the person that has Malachim. <clears throat> and by Kiddush Lovon, yeah, the answer is, when you're going to the bathroom, you're going to the bathroom. By your Kiddush Lavoni, you're doing a mitzvah. When you do a mitzvah, the Mishnah says, you create malochim. Every mitzvah creates a malach. so you say shalom aleich. When you come to meet a yid, and you say shalom at with kait, so the Rebbe said, that's the mitzvah of is Avicencil, so right away, shandam malochim. Shandam malochim, you have to say shalom aleich. And I thought that was a beautiful interpretation. So I say to I I once heard from Reverend St. Esther Jungreis, Allah HaShalom. We did a Shabbaton together in, uh, Sedona. You know where Sedona is? Sedona is the red city in Arizona, it's like made of red. It's a beautiful city, Sedona. I think Sedona. We were there for our Shabbos together and um, so she spoke i spoke it's quite a number of years ago so i heard from her she shared a story she was a kid, child in bergen belsen the infamous bergen belsen concentration camp she was there together with her father his name was rabdavid zikron levrach rabdavid jungreis i believe his name was and her siblings and she said it was the first friday night in bergen belsen and at night there were certain parts of bergen belsen certain periods that some families were allowed so she was with a the family they were not separated so she said friday night her father started to sing shalom aleichem with the kinderlach shalom <laughs> aleichem aleiche asher so she said, her brother turned to her father and said, She said, Father, he said, where are the angels? I don't see angels here. I see the German murderers. He was a kid this is in a concentration camp Bergenbelsen we are angels how could you say that there are angels here when we're in, we're in a concentration camp by the of the Nazis she said, my father looked at my boy and he said you are the angels tonight I say you're the angels and you're and you're here so that's why I say that there's angels here it was a very beautiful thing I heard from Rebbe Yungreis as a child in Begabels. And then yesterday, I saw this Sicha of the Rebbe, Shabbos, Parshas Matas, Masai, Tovshin Chof, Aleph, 1961. That Shalom Aleichem, is talking is speaking to every Jew because every Jew comes with Malachim and every Jew creates an avir of, of, of holy spiritual angels around him or her, so you say Shalom Aleichem. Okay, so if you didn't open up yet, please open up. We are actually at the last paragraph of the Maimer, I do want to suggest whoever did not, whoever was not here from the beginning to try to review the whole Maimer, all the and even those who were here from the beginning should also try to review the whole Maimer. You know the Gemara says in Chagigi after Tesvov, I think somewhere in that zip code the beginning of Chagigah, that uh, in the Zman of the Shast they used to chazer everything a to- hundred times a hundred times a hundred and one was already going over the limit but a hundred times this was standard chazer so I don't know if I can ask of you to chazer it a hundred times but uh, chazer it because these are ideas that are very important to learn and review and internalize and understand and comprehend and chazer again and and think about it and share it with people and live it and breathe it and daven with it and meditate on it. V'chuli, v'chuli. So page 92, the last paragraph. V'zel v'ayda b'rashem al-Moshe ki oivrim esayardin l'aretz k'nan. Now it's time to review the summation we always like, to, as po- if possible, to give a summation of the structure. So this is the point to do it. Yeah, let's remember the structure of this Ma'amir. It began with a Apostle and Parshish Maaseh, that we learned this past Shabbos. Hashem tells Moshe that when you come to Eretz Yisrael, the, 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 to Canaan, when you pass the Jordan River and you come to Canaan, so lechem lachem arimiklet. You have to designate for the Jewish people cities of refuge. And the point is that if somebody kills another Jew by mistake inadvertently, it was not absolute, uh, there was no there was negligence, but there was no volition, premeditated act of murder, then there would be the death penalty. But because this was a mistake, he didn't try to kill him, he was just negligent and he, it, it was an accident. As I said, not mamish, an accident, accident, where you were completely not in control. An accident, you didn't want to kill somebody, but you were behaving negligent. So there is the takana of going away to Arimiklat. The person who killed this other fellow runs away to the city of refuge, and there he remains until the death of the Qayen Gadol. This was the pasuk, And we know in Parshas Masih, there's a long Parsha dedicated to this in Bamidba Perek Lamed Hay. Number seventy uh n- numbers chapter thirty-five. Comes the Medrush Rabba says that this is the Pshat, we say Shoyracha Mecha Hashem Vahasadecha Kime Ilam Haima, Toyvi Yoshir Hashem, Al Kane Yrecha Toyim Badarach, Tehillim Khafai, which many, those who Davana according to the Nusach of Ariza will say it in Takhnon every single morning by Nafila Saphayim when they you fall down on your face. After the confession is according to HaRizal, you say this mismer to Hillum Kapital because there's different sha is what people say when they sit down by the end of Tahran the but this is the Nusakh of the Arizal. Says the Madrish, David Amalek said, If not for your kindness that already existed in the beginning of creation, by other Marishan, he would have never lived. Why? You told him that the day you eat from the Eitz Sadas you're going to die, and he never died. He lived 930 beautiful years. Even though he ate from the Yitzhadas right away. should have died right away. That's what you said. But you did not do that. Why? Because in the beginning of creation, there was Rachim and Chasadim. Instead of him dying, what did you do? You sent him to Arimiklot. You expelled him from the city where he lived. Just like somebody who murders by mistake. You expelled him and he went out of Gan Eden. Why did you expel him? Because really, he deserved death. He brought death on all the generations. But out of compassion, instead of killing him, it was like a person who kills by mistake, he goes into exile. That's khay rachamecha vachasadecha him. The chete sadas was not a mistake. It was bemezid, it was done willingly. And you said you're gonna die. But because of rachamecha, compassion and grace, chasadecha, you judged him as though it was a mistake. And that was the gili of the rachim and the chasadim. And that's why ba'darech, you show the sinner the path to go to are miklut. That's the toy veyashu What do you see from here, says the maimer? That chetet tzadas is similar to killing somebody. However, instead of it being treated as someone who killed somebody, God forbid, willingly, it's treated like a shaygig, like a mistake. And therefore, Adam didn't die. There was no death penalty. Instead, he went into Golas. The question is, what's the connection? Why would the Medrash compare Chetet Zadas to Shviches Dama, to kill? Him? He ate something, but that's not murder. It's a sin. And this began a whole beer. It's brought in Kabbalah, in Exodus, on the possek Shofich Dama Adam, but Adam Dama Yishafich. And I'm going to say it briefly because... I want to still get to the Maimir, but just to remember the structure. So we're not going to explain the concepts. I'm just going to mention them so you could remember them. The Shaifich Dam Adam, be Adam, this twice Adam, which is a strange expression, is that when a Jew doesn't have Eid, what happens? There's Shvikh is Adam is Adam Dikdusha. The Adam, the structure of holiness. And Shaifich Dam Adam is he allows the blood, the chiyus, the vitality of Kedusha, go into Adam Blial, into the other Adam, the Adam of Klip. That's what Aveda means. You take your energy and you transport yourself and your energy and the energy of the thing with which you're doing the Aveda from the place of Kedusha, from the Rishus of Hashem, into the Rishus of Klip. V'noikev sheim the Passock says in Emma, what's Nukev? He punctures. He punctures the name of Hashem. She Hashem is the eid of Hashem within Kalem, within structures. That's Yud Ke Neikev is the Neveder, creates a hole, a puncture in the Kali, and therefore the Chayas flows out, it oozes out, it trickles out, or sometimes it bursts out, and instead of being in the place of Gdush, it goes into the place of Klipp. This is true about every sin. Chet sadas is the source of all sins, and that's why... It's the source of Misa for all the generations. Because Chetet Zadas represents that ultimate beginning of Shviches Damem, where you let the energy and the blood be spilled from the Adam of Kedushin to the Adam of Klipper. Asks the Rebbe and the maimen I don't understand, why does, Kdu- does Klipper need the blood? It has its own chiyus. Hashem made it, Hashem created it. If He created Klipper, so then it doesn't need chiyus. it has its own energy, I don't need your blood, I have my blood. God forbid somebody who doesn't have blood, you need sometimes a blood transfusion. But clipper has its own blood. What does it need? More Dumb? What does it need? More chius. It has its own blood. You're not supposed to put, you don't give a person blood when they, their body is pumping and producing the blood that they need. You don't just make a transfusion of other blood. The Rebbe said that's true. But here we have to understand the difference of clipper the way they are in their ideal state during creation. And then what happens to clipper? Clipping that creation is not bad. It's like the shell of a fruit. The shell of a fruit doesn't oppose the fruit, doesn't even want to eclipse the fruit. On the contrary, it's trying to help the fruit grow. The clip of a fruit is a good thing. It's the husk that allows the fruit to mature, and then it could be discarded. What is this in Avaida? In Avaida is, that in order for a person to get into Avaida Sashem, you need yeshus. You need a Shminis she because one of the greatest obstacles to Sashem is the yitzhahara tells you you're a nobody, you're a shmate, you're a loser, you're insignificant, you're valueless. God doesn't want you. God doesn't need you. Anybody who was on yesterday with my Zoom with Lakewood. We had a Zoom fabrengin uh, uh, with Lakewood. We had around seventeen hundred people. Can I Asking questions for a few hours. So one of the people asked a question. She said. It's been a while, I haven't spoken to Hashem. I made a lot of mistakes. Do you think he would ever want to talk to me, want to hear from me again, or should I just cut the relationship? This was a classic example. She was saying, I feel so guilty, I'm so horrible, he's probably angry at me, he doesn't want to hear me. So the Eitzahara says, me, this is Mamma's the question. I gave her this answer, but this was the question she asked. People were asking live questions, very, very intimate personal questions. We'll post it either, on the website today or tomorrow, so you could watch it. It was it was powerful, very powerful people's questions. So me I'm a nobody, I'm worthless. You're gonna come serve Hashem. You know what serving Hashem means? Serving Hashem means that you're actually doing something for Hashem. Avoid like the say at you you do something for the Who are you? especially when you know your history and you know your trauma and you know your mistakes. What's the answer to this? The answer to this, is if you start arguing with the and no, I am somebody, <laughs> and he'll prove to you that you're nobody, he'll, he's better at this. So therefore, he says, a person needs to be able to have that basic yeshus, what you would call some basic self-esteem and self-respect and self-confidence, and it's yeshus. it's a sense of, it's a healthy ego, to be able to say no, I'm not a shmata, and I'm not worthless, and I'm not valueless. I deserve to live a good life. You have to be able to say that. That's what the maimer says. I deserve to live a good life. I'm not going to sell, uh, uh, settle for second tier, for third tier, for fourth tier. I don't want to live in steerage, you know, in, in the in the big boats, in the big ships, the Titanic, and other crew Hopefully, other cruises which are. There's different chambers where you could, compartments. You have the first class. You have second. Class. Then you have you know steerage. I don't want to live in steerage my whole life in the cellar. I don't deserve it. It's, "Of course you deserve it. That's where you should be." That me the yomani could become the greatest obstacle to Hashem. What do you need? You need abyssal yeshes. You need a little healthy arrogance. This is when arrogance is good for you. This is not arrogance in terms of narcissism and pompousness. You become a, an egotistical uh, maniac. This is an arrogance that fuels Avaida Hashem. This is klippa. Why is it klippa Because it's not Kedusha itself. Kedusha itself is Bittl. E'neid Muvada, you're completely aligned. But at the beginning of aveda the fruit will never mature if it doesn't have a shell, if it doesn't have a klippa. This klippa is an assistant to the fruit. Later, you get rid of the clipper. You don't keep the clipper on forever. But in the beginning of Avaida, and sometimes we're always in the beginning of Avaida, everybody depends where you are in life. Here, the clipper not only is it not an opposer to the fruit, it's a helper to the fruit. It allows the fruit to develop, because if you would have the fruit without the shell, you know what would happen. It would never be able to mature on the tree. Too much rain, too much moist, too much sunlight. The Rebbe says in Torah, remember we learned the Maimon Ampurim, Vayikach Haman, he explains. The same is true with grain. Fruits, vegetables, many of them have a clipper. You have the chaff of the grain. Because the scorching sun or the wet rain would cause the kernel never to be able to develop. In Avodis Hashem, what is this? The scorching sun, the hot taivas, cravings, or the coldness of life, the rain, the apathy, the laziness, the indifference. I would never be able to develop. I need the clipper to be able to protect the kernel and allow it to mature. And then later you remove the klipeh, and only then is it mechoyev and meiser. Hasiri yekodesh l'shem, meiser represents kedusha. Truma is holy and meiser is, yek- is the concept of kedusha. even though it's not the same level of truma, of course. But the word meiser comes eser, hasiri yekodesh says by meiser behemoth. So in all these cases, when is the chi of trumas a meiseris? Not when it's in the chaff. You know that the chi of trumas a meiseris is? You remember the halacha? After me, ruach. You first have to extract the kernels from the chaff, and you have to, when you do the threshing and winnowing and selecting, and then you make a pile of all the kernels in the silo, and you smooth out the pile. It's called miruah hakeri. For those who remember these halochas, miruach hakeri, smoothing the carry. then it's mechoyev and maisa. Now you can begin the process of kedusha. Till then is the process of klipper, but this is a clipper that's good, it's beneficial. It's a holy clipper. This type of yeshus is important in order to begin your journey in Avada Hashem. That was clipper in the beginning of the Bria. This is how the Rebbe applies it in Avada that clip in the beginning of the Bria. it was a clipper that protects the fruit. What happens through chetetzada, something new happens. Here the yeshus the clipper doesn't anymore protect the fruit. It takes over. It becomes its own independent reality. The chet created tayrufas tayvera, a mixture of good and bad. Before the chet, the clipper wasn't in the place of kedusha. Just like physically, the clip is at the end; you have the fruit, and then the clip is outside of the fruit. It's the separation between the fruit and outside of the fruit. The same is true in spiritually that the clipper was not in the place of holiness; it was outside the border of holiness, and therefore, the clip of a fruit you know comes time you have to peel it off and get rid of it. Why? Because it's outside, it doesn't substitute the fruit. It's very clear that it's here to protect, and then at some point it gets discarded. In Avodis Hashem, what is that? That when a person reaches a place of a matzasa, doesn't need this type of answer of this yeshus in order to fight it, the person is in a much more developed and refined state. Here, yeshus is completely not part of the equation. Because the Kedusha itself is the experience of... Bittl, of oneness. But when I'm not there yet, when I'm still maturing, I must have the clipper. But the clipper here is outside of Kedusha. What happens through the eight Hadassah The Klippa has now become mixed with Kedusha. Now you don't know what's what. Everything becomes one sholent. And instead of the clipper being a protector for Kedusha, it becomes a substitute for Kedusha. Here, my self-esteem doesn't bring me closer to my oneness with infinity. My self-esteem ultimately takes me away from infinity and now the self-esteem is looking to sustain itself through themes and through sources that are not coming from its oneness with infinity. This is where it becomes the Tairuvas of Tevira, which we explained at length what it means in every person's life, how different layers of toxicity become the definition of life and the person now doesn't know who he is, who he's not, etc., He explains this happens when Adam looked at the clippus because a person is a Pnimi. And when he looks at something, it becomes part of him. And the reason it becomes part of him is because we cannot distinguish between what we are and what we see, what we observe. And therefore, there becomes a mixture. And this mixture is the beginning of real dysfunctionality because the Klippu now takes over the taif. What is this in Avaida again? Yeshus in the beginning of the Havayda is beautiful. It's fine. It's the clipper that prepares for the Peli. What happens often though is, what can happen is that the Havayda bec- itself becomes a source of yeshus. In other words, the clip mixes into the Peli itself instead of taira and Mitzvahs, refining the person. To become more humble, sometimes the person becomes more arrogant from them. Their Havayda Hashem itself becomes part of clip it becomes a source of, of toxicity. So the Chet creates this And here he explained the whole explanation why the Sahara wants to make the person sin. Why is it so obsessed? Does it hate you so much? And if yes, why does it hate you so much? And he started to explain the difference of Kedusha and Klipp is that Kedusha has a Chius Atzmi, and Klipper doesn't have a real life because the only source of life is Kedusha, holiness, godliness. And Klipper doesn't have this own chiyus, and its whole chiyus comes from the sin. Why is this? L'chaideh Kedusha also depends on Hashem's desire. On this he answered that by Kedusha you have the Bittal. And because Kedusha you have the Bittal so then ultimately even though it depends on Hashem's desire as he explains with Eudes and Kalem and Hashem nonetheless, mitzad the bitul it becomes one with the source, and therefore it becomes intrinsically alive. But clipper doesn't want to have the Bittl, and it wants to get chiyus. so therefore it needs the person to sin in order that it should be able to get its chiyus. And here came the whole explanation of a life of Kedusha, a life of Klipper, a life in which you're really alive because you're in touch with the source of life, and a life in which I'm trying to compensate for the fact that I'm not alive through distracting myself and filling my void, and finally he explains the three differences of Kedusha and Klipa in the Shirish, the source of its creation, the creation, and the way it exists, the three differences that we learned in yesterday's Shir, and therefore Klipa is so desperate to make the person sin, to be able to feed over the energy, because Clip at its core lives in a void that is bottomless. It's a bottomless pit. And that has to be filled and, filled and filled and filled and filled, and therefore the obsession is endless. When I'm living in a world of it, there's a bottomless fit, pit that can't be filled. I need more entertainment and more entertainment and more distractions and more highs and other distractions. And ultimately, I feel at my core discontentment. You know that feeling? It's very, very painful. It's more pa- It's one of the most painful experiences. You can have a good life, and you ate, and you slept, and you did nice things, and you have good blessings, but inside, there's something nagging at the person, there's something is like, the, the, the void is at the core, because that's the space of Klippa, the space of clip is Dein Lai Han you feel the Dein Lai you feel that your existence is heather. it's made up of absence, it's made up of nothingness, it's made up of this endless void. <laughs> empty space. And the person goes crazy from it. And the klippen needs to feel that energy. And every Aveda somehow gives me some distraction, some chius, even though it's temporary. And it's not real because tomorrow I need more and more. This is the source of all addiction. It's the source of all dysfunction. It's basically getting life from a place. Filling up myself with a semblance of life because essentially there's no place of life. In Kedusha, even if I'm struggling and I'm having a difficult moment and a challenging moment, but in the space of holiness, you're in touch with just a seamless flow of life. And you know it because there's an alignment, there's a, there's, life resonates with you. You're in a place of, of of authenticity, of harmony. After all this, he now comes back to the beginning of the Maimer. That's why I gave the summation. The Zehu 92, the last paragraph... Zo v'yidabera v'ayel Moshe, ki atem oivrim esayard in Knan. Shem Hashem tells Moshe, when you pass through the Jordan into the land of Knan, and he says in Yiddish, or machin von Knan Kenan Yisrael, the vort is, you're coming to Eretz Knan, and you're going to make Knan into Eretz Yisrael, you're going to transform Knan into Eretz Yisrael, very powerful words, you're coming to Canaan, but are not just coming to Canaan, you're here to make from Canaan, a Yiddish land, Eretz Yisrael, a Jewish land, what happens then, are. you need to right away, designate cities of refuge, what's the Tikkun, for somebody who kills by mistake, are the cities of refuge, What does this mean on a spiritual level? We know that every single mitzvah exists on two levels. The concrete, practical mitzvah, you have to have a city where people could physically run away and stay there. In order to avoid the revenge from the Goyal Hadam, from the one who wants to redeem the blood of his relative who was killed. So the Ari Miklit protects the person. That's physically. But like every single mitzvah, it exists today too. It exists in our minds, it exists in our hearts, it exists in our avodos Hashem. You need for every single chet. Because every chet is an act of dissonance. I create a wedge between me and me, between me and my true I. Who is the person? The person really is a manifestation of divine energy in this world. I am not God, but I'm the light of God. Even deeper than that, I'm not the light of God, I'm the light of God the way it's contained in vessels. Even deeper than that, I'm an ashamma that comes from the marriage of light and vessels. Nonetheless, even though I'm not Hashem, I'm the light of Hashem. I'm the vessel that uh, contains the light. I'm the soul that comes from the light and the vessels, and the soul is connected to light and the body is connected to vessels, because the body structures the soul, like the Kaylee structures the earth. nonetheless, Hashem chose for me to be here. It's not like he's forced to emanate his light or emanate vessels. He's not forced. It's a choice. So l'chaidah, I'm not really alive. Nonetheless, in Kedusha, Mitzah, the Bittal of Kedusha, and the Yichud of Kedusha, the Neshama has a Kiyom Atzmi. You become intrinsically alive to the point that Mitziyus me'atzmusei. Mitzah, the Bittal of Neshama's Ta'atzmuz, the Bittal of Neshama's Ta'ashem, the Neshama's assumed identity of Mitziyus me'atzmusei. My mitzius comes from me. In other words, I feel the pulsation of life in my very, very core. It doesn't feel like my core is non-existent. My core exists because of its bitl and its alignment with the truth of all of existence that exists from itself. Dvadim There is a kiyom atzmi that's living in a space of Kedush. But then there is living in dissonance. I bring a wedge. I create a wedge between me and the true essence of me, in other words, the lack of bitl, the toiv ra get mixed up, as long as toiv ra not mixed up, is shingut. That's what the clip is in the beginning of creation. I don't care if the, my fruit has a husk, as long as it calls itself a husk. We, we don't mind banana peels, we like banana peels. They protect the banana. You know what a banana would look like without a banana peel? Azai, <laughs> the brownness goes on the peel, not on the banana. The banana remains fresh and beautiful. Unless you leave it around too long in the heat. But clippers not bad as long as it calls itself a clipper. The moment the clipper becomes kedusha, the clipper says, Yachabadam. <laughs> Sam you know what Sam means. When I was a child once, I was sitting, standing at the Rebbe's of Abrengen on Shabbos, and he says, in the middle of the Sikh, he says, the a Sam I don't know Russian because um, my parents when they wanted to speak in a way that the children shouldn't understand, they spoke Russian. they couldn't speak Yiddish because we knew Yiddish. English we knew English, Hebrew we knew Hebrew pretty well. but Russian we didn't know. So my parents wanted to speak privately, you know you always need this language, so they spoke Russian. So the Rebbe is speaking and he says, Sam Sapoznik he gave a scream. Sam Sapoznik I didn't know what Sam Sapoznik means. I was happy that the Rebbe smiled and he explained it for those who didn't know Russian. Sam sapozhnik" means I'm a shoemaker. Sam sapozhnik Ich bin a I am a shoemaker. What's the expression? So he told a story. A Russian story. Gishmak What's the story? I remember still, it was was very Gishmak. It was very special. So Lubavitcher Rebbe said that it was once. A guy, a Gentile. And he needed money. He saw tefillin. He went to a shul and he saw tefillin. And he thought, oh, all the Jews wear this, so this must be an expensive item. He was right. So what did he do? He stole the tefillin. And he thought, he'll sell it to another Jew and he'll make a lot of money. No. Nope. So he stole the tefillin. And the next day in the marketplace, the did you know, they had this flea market where vendors come and sell things. He's there with the tefillin. No, nope. another, another Jew walks by. And he sees tefillin, a Gentile selling sister. So he turns to the Gentile and he says, you selling this? He says, yeah, it belongs to you. And he says, of course it belongs to me. He says, you bought it from somebody? How did you get it? So the, the Gentile says, how did I get it? Sapoznik a lot of money. I'm a shoemaker myself. I didn't have to get the tefillin from anywhere. I made them myself. Sam am So this was an expression when somebody doesn't have something and they can't have something. This is not something that belongs to you. But suddenly in my mind, I'm a shoemaker myself. I don't need to get tefillin. He realized that it comes from the height of an animal and he's a shoemaker. Of course it gave him away because the greatest shoemaker is not going to be able to make tefillin if he doesn't know the halachas and the intricacies of hilches tefillin. So what happens is, when clip is suddenly Sam Sapochnik, there's now a complete sholent. I don't know what it is anymore. Now is the problem. And that's what the chet does. The chet does is that I substitute my source of life for a fake source of life, which is what a chet does. Why do I do a chet? I do a chet because I'm not in touch with the truth, that I'm in a divine space. And therefore, Rats and Hashem, is really the truth of reality. That's the Reichkeit in Chesidus. It's not Rotz and Hashem. And you have to understand this well. It's not that Rotz and Hashem is the right thing to do because God is the boss. That's true. (laughs) It's much deeper than that. Rotz and Hashem is reality. There's no other reality. The whole reality is a manifestation of God's will. Living with Hashem's will means living with reality, living with truth, living with your own reality. What's a Chet? I go away from that space. I take my dam, and I put the dam, and I invest the blood, the energy, into a place that's not reality. It's based on heather. We learned yesterday, remember? It's a metzius of heather. It's a metzius of a, of a vacuum. That's what it is. At its core, it's a vacuum, and that's where you're putting the blood in. It doesn't have blood. It doesn't have chius. Klipper doesn't have chius. Its whole chius is that you believe it, that you fall prey to a delusion that addiction or sin is somehow going to glorify you. You take yourself out of the space of reality. That's a very painful place to be in. That's Shofich Dama Adam. That's Shofich is Dama. Whose Dama you Shofich? Your own dam. You took your own blood, your own divine oxygen, and you Shofich. You stab it. You perforate yourself. And your blood is going to a place that's not kedusha. So following Ratzin Hashem is not just, you know, Hashem said, I'm the boss, if you do what I want, you're going to get tzcha. That's true, but it's much deeper than that. Following Ratzin Hashem means being in touch with reality, with the place of reality, because Ratzin Hashem is the source of all reality. It's even the source of Klippa too. (laughs) There's no reality outside of it, but as we explained, the Ratzin and Klippa is that it shouldn't be. (laughs) Hashem doesn't want Klippa, and from there comes Klippa. And a male, at its core, it doesn't have an existence. Because Hashem doesn't want it. But because he doesn't want it, that's what makes it exist. Because in order not to want something, it has to have a Metsyus. <laughs> its Metsyus is something that Hashem doesn't want. So it's a funny thing. It exists, but its existence at its core is made up of an absolute vacuum. So this is the 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 Reichkeit of how you understand clip the, the, the Nakuda of Clipa, the Sharush of Clipa. It exists so powerfully and yet it's nothing, it's nothing, it's mummish nothing. It's It has no substance. You open your eyes and you see said garnishment garnished. It's like a Ponzi scheme. You remember the Ponzi scheme? $50 billion, what was it, $150 billion, who's counting? It's a Ponzi scheme. The scheme could involve millions of people and everybody invests millions of dollars and it's a garnishment garnished, there's nothing there. It's an inflated balloon, and one needle comes and ruptures it, and it's all over. Why? It's nothing. Why is it nothing? Because it could be every, oh, it could be powerful. When I say nothing, I don't mean it's nothing, it doesn't have power. Clipper has a lot of power, but in its essence, it's nothing. And that's why it doesn't give you anything. It gives you things only in a transient level. So when Tevinra are not mixed, is fine. Clipper could actually be a very big assistant. Let's explain this for a moment. In our life, we live in a time today. And this is a, this is a heavy a heavy issue. I'm not going to elaborate so much because I want to get to the point. But I'm just going to say vart. It was in the last years, 1990, 19, 1991 of the Rebbe. He started to say ISIS that he didn't say before. That nistaima avayda sabirurim. That avayda of birurim. Has reached an end. And this was very shocking, because the whole avoid of Yiddishkeit is birurim. And, till today I think about this often, what it means. And perhaps one of the explanation, explanations is what is birur? Birur is everything is mixed. And you have to separate. Birur. There comes a time in life when the Toiv and are not so mixed, they're much more separated. What's the avoid then? To identify what it is, and therefore to choose where you want to go. And then everything changes. Not because you have no Ra, but because you can identify. And today we're seeing a situation, I'm seeing at least, I think for many of us and many people, a lot of things that were hidden are coming to the surface, especially among the youth. A lot of stuff that were hidden in families for generations, intergenerational trauma, intergenerational anxiety, intergenerational repressed negative energy, maybe from generations, and it was always buried. It's coming up to the fore, it's coming up to the surface. And everybody's dealing with a lot of stuff. On the outside, things could be comfortable, I mean, I know quarantine and corona and all those issues, but relatively speaking, a lot of people, their lives are not shaken up physically to the core of Chachs of, V'Shalom-like, a generation or two ago, how you see what happened then, but emotionally, there's a lot of agony and turmoil. So you could look at it in a very negative way, in a very pessimistic way, or you could say this is part of nistaima vayda sabirunum. Nistaima vayda all the ra has to come to the surface. You know why? So you can get rid of it. That's the, that's today what's happening. Everybody is seeing that things are swimming up to the surface. Dysfunctionality in families and marriages, relationships with children. What happens is our children are teaching us what we have to work on. Because they are bringing out things within our own lives, our own marriages, our own homes. And when it comes to the fore, instead of getting depressed and angry, this is an opportunity for you to be able to put clippa in its proper place where it was before creation. Where was it? It was a protector of the fruit. In other words, it was here to serve you and help you serve Hashem. That's the real function of Klippa. Which means, any form of toxicity that comes up is here to teach me who I am, help me become more aware of my struggles, my trauma, my skeletons, what I have to work on, and help me become closer to my source of infinity. That's where Klippa becomes a beautiful Facilitator of kedusha. It's not an enemy anymore. Why? Because it's not mixed in. There's no challenge. Clipper doesn't become kedusha, and kedusha doesn't become clipper. You don't take toxicity and worship it. I don't mind that I have toxicity as long as I know that it's toxic. (laughs) As long as I know, as long as it's not a clipper anymore. Meaning, as long as it's not covering up its toxicity. As long as I can say, this is toxic. It's clipper. It's a clipper. It's blocking me from experiencing my life. And you know why it's here? It's also here for a purpose. Clip is also here for a purpose. It's here to ultimately help me access my fruit. It's here to ultimately protect my fruit. It's here to teach me who I am. It's an alarm clock sounding the alarm to help me get closer to my own MS. All clip is that. Then we're good. Then we're good. That's the clip in the beginning of the Bria. is Chetei tzadas is, it tempts me to go out of the space of holiness. Holiness, Taverna become one big cholent and one big mixture. That's the source of all chatoim and that's shviches damim, where I spill my own blood. And I spill kavayachol, God's blood. And I spill the blood of the cosmos. Vahu neviu iiknishmusul is like the dam I'm quoting the zoya that we learned earlier in the maima Vahu neviu iiknishmusul The cosmic flow of the divine energy is like the soul and the body like the circulatory system in the body, the cosmic circulatory system and I puncture it, I take a stab at it. Titus stabbed the parichus and what happened? Blood came out. This represented the Qurban be samikdash. Churban be'shamikdash happens because there was shviches damim. The blood, instead of being in the paroiches protecting hakodesh K- K- hakadoshim, is now trickling out, flowing out, burst, bursting out, and going to a place where the blood should not be going. Because this is what the avoyner, the chatoim, at, at the end of the of the churban, by the time of the be'shamikdash at the end causes. That's the shviches damim. Titus thought Kavayachal, he killed the riboyner shalaylam. Was he right or was he wrong? And the pshat is, in a very, very deep way, there was an emes there. And what was the emes? The emes is, that the is damim ba Hashem. Shem havaya. He punctured. Half of a fellow. So b'mela, chetei tzadas, is an Indian of shoifech dam ha'adam ba'adam. Shufech. Right after the marble, what does it say? Shoifech dam ha'adam ba'adam. Because the marble was the ultimate shvich is damim. And it resulted in a complete flood, and complete chaos and destruction. Right after the Mabal, at the end of Noyach, he says, adam Why does Hashem allow for Shvichiz Why does He allow us to take the blood of Kedusha and spill it into the Adam of Klippa? And the answer is, ultimately to be able to do the next Shvichiz to take the Dam back from Klippa and bring it back into Kedusha. dama Adam, means two things. The Dama Adam goes into Adam, Kthusha into Klippa, and then Dama Yushafich, that has to also have Shvichas Dam. Now I have to do a good Shvichas Dam. Take the Dam out of Adam and bring it back to Adam. And here something even greater happens. So now let's see inside... So every, you're going into Eretz Canaan, you want to make from Canaan Eretz Israel. In other words, you want to make from Kalipa Kedusha. You want to reveal the Kedusha in the world. So the first thing you have to do is prepare cities of refuge for the Are Miklat for the Reitzeiach Nefesh Gaga, which is every Chet. This Tikkun always needs preparation. That's why he says, V'ikrisim lachem arim. What's V'ikrisim lachem Rashi says? Hazmana, you have to designate the cities. It doesn't just happen on its own. All kedusha has to come through Avoida, through Hachan. A person has to work on it. <coughs> And the tikkun for the shviches is damim is not just that the person goes into exile so you could remove the sin and remove the punishment. Something that's called miklat. The word miklat means like a miklat. What's miklat today in Hebrew? A shelter. A place of protection. Are, are miklat kultin. It's, it's a place of kalita. It absorbs the victim. Or it absorbs absorbs the potential victim and protects them. Today they have shelters for women, chas v'shalom, who are in abusive homes, abusive marriages, it's called a miklat, like homeless shelters. These called shelters, they protect you. The word miklat actually means absorbing something. What is that? Kailit. You say, you're Kailat Kailit means you absorb it. Because these shelters absorb you. Are Miklat absorbs the killer, the one who killed by mistake. But what does this mean in Avaida Sasha? It means something can be part of your life, but you don't absorb it. And then there is Are Miklat. This is a place where you have to be kailat. It's not just enough to get rid of the sin and get rid of the punishment. It's a place where I have to be koilah. I have to absorb things in a pnimius. They have to become part of me. Kedusha has to become part of my core. Loshin klito pnimius. V'cheinu gam ba'avoyda pratishu be'kolechad ve'echad. This is true in every person's avoid individually. divrei teira daf kalton. The Gemara tells us a mesichis mak mesechta makas dafyud divrei as he says in footnote fifty five divrei teira kalton. Torah is called the Are Miklat of the Jewish people because the words of Torah are a refuge. They contain you, they absorb you, they protect you. A Jew who lives in the world of Torah is in the Are Miklat. The Goyal Adam, the Gemara says, Goyal Adam Zayet Zahara can't kill you. He wants to kill you. He wants your blood. Since you spilled his brother's blood, he wants your blood. What's Pshat and Since I did a Chet, which means I was involved with Shrichis Damim. So now what happens? My blood is spilled. So I'm now subjected and vulnerable to die spiritually. You see the vart. It's middekin eged mid. In other words, since I did shviches damim, so therefore my blood is open. It's vulnerable. There's no breaks on it. Nothing protecting it. So the Sahara comes and takes my blood. So the mitzvah of shvich of Ari Miklat is unbelievably parallel to the spiritual concept. When a Jew does an Aveda, what happens? He murdered somebody. Who did he murder? of Shema havaya. He punctured the name of Hashem. He punctured the world. He punctured himself. All the dam now, or a lot of the dam, is bursting out, and now it goes to Klippa. So what happens? Ain loy dam. The expression in, in, in the pasuk is ain loy dam. He doesn't have blood. What's he doesn't have blood? He killed somebody else. By killing somebody else, he killed himself. I don't mean physically here. We're talking about the spiritual concept of killing. In other words, his own blood goes out, and it's also very practical. When somebody takes somebody else's life, even if it was by mistake, they don't have a life. Could they have a life? Can somebody really live with the fact that they took somebody else's life? This is not a life. Ain't like damn. This person doesn't have blood. The is damim that they did of killing somebody, which every Aved is shvichis damim, means the person doesn't have dam. So what happens? The goyel adam comes and spills the blood, which doesn't exist because there's no blood. What's the are miklat? The are is the place where you have dam. The are miklat, you get your dam. If you go out of the are oh, you're very vulnerable, ain't like dam. So the Gemara says, Divrei tere what, What's the diuk of Taira? The key of my mitzvah is to be able 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 to the Gemara says, "Divrei teire kelten, because there's a difference between mitzvahs and teire. Mitzvahs also protect a person from the eight Sahara. A Jew who is involved in mitzvahs is protected. The Gemara says in Meseches Saita, Saita Chafalaf, yeah, 56, that mitzvahs protect a person lefisha. Mitzvah Megino Matzala also give it of chafalof and Menalaf and Saita. But first of all, it's only temporary. Second of all, it's B'derech Makif. Mitzvahs are called Levushim. Torah is called food. What's the difference between clothes and food? Clothes surround you, they encompass you, they protect you. They block the sun, you don't get sunburned, or when it's cold, they warm you up, so you don't get affected by the cold so much. You're wearing garments, but it doesn't go into you. Food doesn't protect me. Food are the nutrients that my body, the digestive systems takes the food, breaks it apart, and it actually becomes converted into the bloodstream. Becomes part of the human circulatory system. It becomes part of my blood and part of my oxygen and my cells. My my body itself becomes now transformed and built through this food. The food becomes one with me. That's the difference of mitzvah and t'ayda. Mitzvahs are called levushim. In Tanya, in he has a whole explanation on this. v'soyroscha mei, I says. Your Tore is in my womb. It's the Balatanya Taichas what does it mean it's in my womb? He's trying to say Tore is like Mazen And we see this very practically. A mitzvah is a holy thing. You do a mitzvah, you're connected to infinity. Every Jew, a Jew puts on tefillin. He did a mitzvah, it's a connection with infinity forever. There's a connection forever. A Jew gives tzedakah, it's a connection with infinity. Any mitzvah you do from the 630 mitzvahs of Torah, the mitzvahs of Rabbanon, is a connection with Ein But it doesn't necessarily change you. When a person learns, when you learn like these ideas, it changes you. You become a different person. It's like the food becomes part of you. That's what it says in Tanya. That when a Jew learns Torah, you become one with the ideas. bi nifla she'ein yichud kamayu. It's a wondrous union, but there's no unity like this in the physical world. The seichel is mak of the muskel, and the muskel is mak of the seichel. The idea absorbs, your mind absorbs the idea, and the idea absorbs your mind. You encompass the idea, and the idea encompasses you. Because when you're learning something, right in the beginning, it's still overwhelming you, it's on top of you, so you can almost feel like your brain is being engulfed and encompassed by the idea. And then once you get it, It's inside of you, now your brain absorbed the idea. That dual unity is incredible. It becomes part of your part of your brain cells, part of your neuro neural pathways. It becomes part of your part of your brain. When a person learns and they allow the learning to really go in and penetrate, you're a different person. You're not the same person. It's not a question of doing something. It's a question of the shtel, the mahalach nefesh mi ani, who am I? That's what learning does. When a person learns, especially when you're learning a Torah that changes you, Tata that relates to a person's life, all Torah relates to a person's life, but the question is how much you see it and how much you know how to apply it. You're a different person. All Tayra it goes into a penimous. That's Divre Taira kultan So the words of Taina absorb you because you become absorbed in them. They absorb you because you are become absorbed in them and therefore you can absorb them. Your khila them, it goes into a penimous. it changes you. Vagam Even though in Tanya it's mashma that this is only during learning, but the truth is it's also after learning. In Tanya it's explained that in learning there's different stages. That's the mashma, that's the way it it seems from Tanya. When you start learning something, you're still struggling with it. So the muskul encompasses you. Your seichel is inside the muscle. You're learning a blad gemara, it's like your brain is inside the gemara because you're trying to figure it out. The gemara overwhelms you, it encompasses you. After you learned it and you understand it, now it's inside of you. It's like food. In the beginning of the eating, you know, I'm in the food. And then later the food becomes part of me. When I finish eating, now it's digested. It becomes part of me. Same with taida. When I'm learning, my sechel is enclosed in the muscle, my brain in the idea. After the learning, if it's successful, and I got it, I got it. So it's inside of me. Emes. But the Rebbe says, but since it's seichel of Taida, there's something that always remains above. There's more, there's more, there's more. There's something you don't understand. So therefore, even after the learning, your seichel is still being encompassed by the idea. Not only in the middle of the learning, even after learning. Because if it's real, you came in, you got in touch with infinity. Whenever you get in touch with infinity, there's always something you didn't get. If there's always something you didn't get, it's never completely inside of you. It's inside of you and it's also above you. It's It hovers above you. Vizu mailas ala hein are divine garments. It's like I'm dressed up with the divine energy. Mashenkin lavush, mazon. has both qualities. On one hand, it's a lavush. It hovers over you, like we said, the idea encompasses your mind, but it's also mazon. It becomes food, nutrition, spiritual nutrition that enters into you and it changes you as a person. Because the food that we eat makes us or breaks us. Everybody knows the impact of the food on our moods and our, on our composition, on our temperament, on our functionality, on our energy level. We all know there's certain things. I know certain things I eat and 20 minutes later I stop functioning uh, on an optimal level. I start functioning in a very, on a very primitive level. It's all because the food, it's not so problematic. It's not so deep. Uh, once it happens, we start blaming it on existential uh, angst because we think we're sophisticated. But it's really, uh, it's the potato chips, it's the carbs, it's the sugar, it's, it's not so complicated. Because food makes you or breaks you. That's physically. And the same is true with Torah. Torah is that Muslim. So what's the other miklet in the antidote to is, is you have to go to the What's the other Not just enough you run away somewhere. You have to go into the city. The city absorbs you. You have to go into a Pnimius, with a Pnimius into so If It's not enough, I need a Tikkun because I killed somebody. No. Your whole life has to change. Where does a change, it's the only mitzvah you have to move into a new city. What's the difference? There's a concept, I stay in my own home, and in my own home I do good things. That's not Adi Miklat. I have to go into a city and stay there. When you go into a city, which part of you is in the city? All of you. When I'm living in my own home and I'm doing things, so my relationship with those things that I'm doing is those things that I'm doing. But my essence is not necessarily changed. Are Miklet, I'm not there anymore, I'm in a new place. Which part of me is in a new place? All of me. It's a change of environment, it's a change of scenery. My identity is relocated from one place to another place. What's the Tikkun for Shvichas damim? What's the Tikkun for Chetei Tzadas? What's the Tikkun? Not just enough, I do nice things. Are Miklet. I have to be in a new space, I have to go into a new space, my essence. What are, that's why it's Divrei Terti Kelton. A person learns, you learn Torah, you learn Torah in Eponemius, it changes you. You go into a new location, you're in a new space. You see practically people who learn Lamashal, we're learning Chassidus. You learn it consistently, you learn it again, you think about it, you become a different person. You're not the same person, you're, you're a changed person. Why? You're living in Arimiklat. It's not pshat, you did a, you have another shear in your life. No, that's not what we're talking about. not about another shear. We're talking about zosverin anandemensch. You should move into a new space, the divine space, the space of are miklet, the place where you're sheltered, you're protected. And which part of you? All of you, your pnimius has to be there, not just your chitzonius, your outside. When I do a mitzvah, my hand is doing something holy. It's gewaldic. I just have ain't soif that dressed me up like a lavush it transforms you. You become a different person. You, you're you living in a new city. That's the Are miklat, And that's Divrei Teure And This is the uniqueness of learning, dafka. Because when a person learns, they understand, they internalize. It becomes part of who you are. It becomes part of your Hashkaf HaSoylam. The way you look at the world today is not the way you looked at the world yesterday. The way you look at your children today is not like you looked yesterday. The way you look at your marriage, at your job, at your business, at your relationship with yourself and others, it's a different ashkafa. You become a different type of person. It's supposed to change you as a person. If it doesn't change you as a person, it's not divre terah. Divre teyre changes you as a person. If it doesn't change you as a person, if it doesn't challenge you to go into a new place, then I was not typhus, the pneumious of it. It's like I ate food and I never digested it. I threw it up. That's not how you do it. You eat the food and it goes in and it becomes part of you. And then a few hours later, you're actually affected in one way or another, hopefully in a positive way. That's what he says. And what emerges, the punchline, the dvekas of the neshama with einsoif. That's the opposite of shviches damim. Shviches damim is I forgot about the dvekas. I don't live in dvekas. Dvekas, the hastach lib I don't live in dvekas. What? Why I don't live in in dvekas? What's dvekas? Dvekas means davuk. Vidovak Bisho, you rememberesh? Yazav isha's Dovak Bishtoy. What does the Gemara say? Bishtoy, Veloi Beshes Khavele. Gemara in Sanhedrin, nun Ches, I think, nun Zion. Vidovak Bi Ishtoi, Veloy Besh Khavele. One of the Shavamits Bnanayak is Vidovak Bishto Veloy Besh Khaveleh. You have to be dovak in your Isha, not Khasmashala another Isha. Why? That Shvik is dumb. You take love, you take romance, you take blood, and you bring it to another relationship, and you destroy another relationship. You destroy your own and the other. What is this in Kedusha? Dveikas is bi'ishteh, with your spouse. Who's your spouse? Hashem and the Jewish people are married. Teire tzivalano merosha, meirosha, me'urosa, the she's betrothed to us. Hashem and the Jewish people are considered married to each other. That's where the neshama belongs, and dveikis, in a place of oneness, of intimacy. Imagine there's a marriage, you're married to each other, but you're always killing each other, you're always fighting. It's is damim, that's what happens. He's insulting her, she's insulting him, he doesn't trust her, she doesn't trust him, she betrays him, he betrays her, that's not a way to live. That's is damim. What's da'avayda? You want to be in a place of dveikis. Dveikis, ha-neshama b'insayif that's the opposite of Shvichas Dhamim. That's where the Dham is maintained and retained, and the Shama becomes one, it, rem- it is one, but it lives in this space of oneness. This is what the Pasek says in Parashas Veschanan, It seems like he's just quoting the Pasek, but he's not. The Pasek says, You who are dovuk, you're cleaved, you have cleaved to Hashem, those who are alive today, because you have dveikis, therefore chayim kul Chemayim. Now you could be alive. There's no shvichis damim. Remember, how do you become alive in this world? There's two types of life. There's fake life, and there's intrinsic life. How do you have intrinsic life? Through dveikas. When you have dveikas with ein saif, and the ein saif is a chiyus atzmi, so you have dveikas, so you become ein saif, so you're also alive. The ha that's what allows you to be chayim, kol to be truly, truly alive. The opposite of shvichas damim, which allows the blood to be depleted. The person is not alive anymore. The blood leaves him. Ein leidam, dam nish blut. Why? Gave the blood to Klippa. And Klippa also does not really alive. Klippa is faking it by using your life. So the person is not Chayim anymore because I give it over to Klippa and now I become part of that uh, bankruptcy. That depletion of life. When I go into a place of dveikis, vatim Chayim. Now it ultimately translates in Chayim. You're aligned with the source of life so you are now fully alive. This concludes the Maimir of Parshas Matas Masay Tovshin Shun Yudbeiz V'ikrisim Lachem Orem Orem Mikla Tiena Lachem V'naz Shomer Yitzayach Maki Nefesh I'm going to take some questions. Yeah, thank you. Zev Ben Leia Shireh HaVarifuah shleima, Dr. Zelenko. Somebody brings here, in the comments, asks a question. There's a sikhah from the Rebbe Shab, I mentioned it yesterday, I think it's Tofer Samachtesem Khastaina. that Klippus is the concept of Dein Loy Han because from Hashem not wanting something, that creates something. In other words, that's the Chiddush here, that Klippus are header. Their are is Heder. In other words, we don't just say, Hashem doesn't want it, so it doesn't exist, because everything exists, because Hashem wants it. No, we're saying something much deeper. If Hashem doesn't want it, that gives it existence. Because the very fact that Hashem is relating to it, and saying, I don't want it, so that means there's something He doesn't want. So that's the mitsiyas of klippa But because its whole is that He doesn't want it, so therefore it's called a mitsiyas of Heder. A of absence. It's a very, very subtle idea. It's a very, uh, it's a very, very subtle idea. It's a very deep idea. And the truth is that uh, the ultimate purpose of it is, as you say, to transform it. To transform it. Because since it's a mitzius of Heder, <laughs> it's a mitzius that comes because Hashem doesn't want it. So the mitsias part of it allows you to take that and bring Kedusha into it, and then ultimately the Klippa can be sublimated to Kedusha. Beautiful. Next question. Somebody asked yesterday what he should do when he encounters a thought of Klippa. I thought that another idea is whenever there's a Klippa, you have to know that underneath the Klippa you could find Kedusha. Even though the core and essence of clip itself is non-existence, it contains within it a real and true existence because ultimately it comes from Hashem. It reveals within a person his true self and his potential and his hidden kayiches that may have gone unnoticed. The idea is brought down in a sikh of shvuas Tavshin chavdalid about the idea of matzi. that Hashem is matzi in the sense that He's found even in the concealment where He's not present but hu ei noimotsu. He is not present in the clipper, which means his presence is felt not in a conscious way, but the he is still present there, even though it's so concealed. It's ei noimotsu, and even there there's a hu. In other words, even the clipper is here to bring you closer to the acoustic dusha. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. Ah. Ah. Those who have been following Rambam, hu ei Matsu, you understand what we're talking about. It says in Allah that we shouldn't say, when we go to the bathroom, we shouldn't tell them malachim to wait here because of humility. You don't say that you're walking around with angel. Not so when you're doing a mitzvah like Kiddush Lavana. But we do say Shalom Aleichem coming home from Shul Friday night because then we're doing a mitzvah. We're preparing for the Siddur Shabbos. Then we say Shalom Aleichem. Then we do have angels and it's not considered preposterous and arrogant. Okay? Every sin has an Ari Miklat. Because there's a blood avenger which is the victim's family so every sin has an miklat. But there are sins being Adam la makam. is Hashem also a blood avenger? He's a victim? The answer is yeah. Whenever we do a sin we rupture the name of Hashem and therefore we need the arimiklat to protect our own blood. When, the implication is that even an accidental homicide has degree of culpability to some, to some point. It's true. The negligence would not have happened to the accidental murderer unless he somehow deserved it, and therefore he had to run to an arimiklat. What about those ordered to execute a wrongdoer by command of Bezdin after a conviction? No, he's an agent of the court. No, that's very different. You said that running to title learning after a sin is called arimiklat. I know that the Gemishnah says, the Rambam brings, that if a student goes to arimiklat, you have to send the Rebbe into exile. Talmud Shagala Maglin Rabbi imay. So this fits very well, because if Torah is the Arimiklat, so then you need a Rebbe to teach you Torah. But after the death of the Kohen Gadol, you can come out of the Arimiklat. That's true. After the death of the Kohen Gadol, now the person is ready to be reabsorbed in the space of the regular day-to-day life, and they don't need the Arimiklat. That's very true. Okay, next comment. Your learning of this Maimir is absolutely transformative. May this learning be in the merit of healing Yehudas Bas Elka, my dear wife. Amen. Thank you for changing my life with this Maimir. Next comp, thank you. And Amen. She should have a complete and speedy recovery. We just learned in Tanya Nigeris Hatshuvah, he speaks about The concept of Tana ad- Debei that if a person doesn't, doesn't aved and he used to learn one daf, he should learn two dafim, is that connected? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Did you ever get to explain the some Tzedek about a Talmud and yeshes? I didn't because I wanted to look up at the source itself, and I didn't have a chance. But bleened that I will. Just if you could quote in the comments the source, so I could look it up. Next comment. What's the connection to the Rambam vimyalaladashu ene Okay, it's a shir in and of itself, but there's a sikhah from Shvu'as Tavshon Chavdal at 1964. The Rebbe gave an amazing explanation of the second Allah of Rambam vimyalaladashu ene If you heard the shir we did a few days ago, we asked, why does the Rambam have to say if God doesn't exist? It's already obvious and a derivative from the previous halacha. So I gave one perspective, but in that sikh he gave another perspective that the Rambam is being my here, that Hashem is present in the helem of the world, in the concealment of the world, He's also present. Sometimes Hashem is present somewhere in a way that He doesn't seem present, but He's also present. In other words, you could find Him there, but the way to find Him there is not the regular way, in other words, where there's easy access, because He's very, very hidden, and it seems like He's not present, but really He's also there, and you have to know that Hashem is there, like it says, the That's the point. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, there's a long elaboration on a beer, but that's the nekudah there. Next question is as follows. The Ari Miklat were located in Eretz There are many shittes that also, that a Jew, when he moves to Eretz he becomes a new person. Has the time come for the rest of our people, to return to the Ari Miklid of Eretz Yisrael and leave Chutz This is a question that a lot of people are asking. And uh, as they say in English, I don't know that I'm the person to be equipped to be able to give a real authoritative answer to this question. Hashem should protect all of you and all of us, all the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael and outside of Eretz Yisrael. And uh, by the way, the Aremiklet were also in the Trans Jordan, right? There were three Aremiklet that Moshe separated in the east of Eretz Yisrael, Oz Yaavdil Moshe Just for the record, three on the Trans Jordan on the east, and three on the west. The Gemara asks a question: Lechayir on the east, there were only two and a half Shvatim. Why do you need so many? And the Gemara answers: In Gilad, there were a lot of rotschim, so they needed three Aremiklet on the eastern side of the Jordan for two and a half Shvatim. Apella de kazach. Begilot Shchichi Ratzchim Rashi brings it in Imparshus Masai. We should all be able to experience our Ari Miklat, and the ultimate Ari Miklat of, uh, as you say, Eretz Yisrael, Geula, where all of the world will be absorbed from all of the toxicity. 10 o'clock, Bezer Hashem, 10 o'clock today we'll have a Shear Rambam. We're gonna learn chapter 3 of Hilchas Yisrael Yataira. That's today, 10 o'clock A.M., and, uh, and um, tomorrow morning is Tuesday. 8 o'clock tomorrow is the Sheer Rambam. 8 o'clock a.m. Because 9.30 we have a women's class. Please tell your wives or your husbands. That's tomorrow 9.30 a.m. is the women's class. Tuesday morning. And 8 o'clock a.m. we'll have the Shia Rambam. So it's not going to be 10. It's going to be at 8. Wednesday morning, 10 o'clock a.m. the Sheer Rambam. Thursday morning, Chassid is 7.30 and 10 o'clock the Kshir Rambam, Bli Neder, Be'ezer Hashem Yisbarach. In the meantime, have a beautiful, uplifting, inspiring day with bracha, v'hatsloche, and simcha, and archava sada'as, ha'menuches ha'nefesh, ha'menuches Saguf, ad bli dai. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes.